ACAST. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm going to get killed for this, but I really like Night Moves. I, I love Night Moves. I am night all moves about is, Night Moves. Night Moves Wait, is, is that, great. That's not the Hollywood Nights one. That's a different one. No, yeah. working on a Night, night Moves. No, that one's so working great. Autumn's closing in. So yeah. Working on a night move. It's like if if Jackson Brown and Van Morrison made sweet love to each other. <laughs> awesome. And added any money in for good. For good exactly. Fifty years of music with fifty-year-old white guys. It's me, Tim Plain, reminding you that Minneapolis was so great, we had to split the podcast in two. So now, let's return to our regularly scheduled program. So I went up and talked to him, and I said, hey, oh my God, I've, got a, I've got a podcast I'd like you all to listen to. It's called, no, I didn't, I didn't, I just kept digging my sandcastle. All right, let's get to our three artists or moments, or albums. What are we going to do? Who goes first? I'm happy to go first. Let's go. Keep going with Prince. June 7, 1958. Prince Rogers Nelson. I am so excited for this. I'm interrupting you. I am so excited. You're going to, like, I've been looking forward to this all day, man. No pressure, but this is going to be good. in Minneapolis. Uh, his dad, John Lewis Nelson, and his mom, Maddie Della Shaw, married nine months earlier in Iowa. Married in Iowa because there was you couldn't get uh, married again after a divorce in shorter than six months in Minnesota. So they go to skip town into Iowa, get married, immediately have a kid. Um, John Lewis Nelson, Prince's dad, performed as Prince Rogers in the Prince Rogers Trio. And humorously, in all the pictures I found of the Prince Rogers Trio, it was never a trio. <laughs> He's a pianist. And in every single one, there's a singer, or a saxophone. Sometimes there's a whole horn section behind them. But the band, the, the drum head, and you know that they're not a big band because they're not a trio, but the drum head says Prince Rogers Trio on it, just, you know, regardless of what the actual, it's it's literally ironic. This is an actual ironic thing where the drum head says Prince Rogers Trio. Um, and basically, uh, Jeff is a, a bigger jazz fan than I am, but, you know, this is back in the day where 
you he did, he never made a living he never recorded anything but he played at the blue note all the time like he was like a local bar band jazz band when jazz was really popular so he was playing pop music and prince's mom was the, the singer at the time they got married and the time they had kids um they end up getting divorced and that starts a rocky period oh and by the way so he names him after his own band which i think is great his band is called the Prince Rogers Band. He just named his kid Prince Rogers. That's Fantastic. great. Makes um, it easy. Prince doesn't like the name. Jeff, what is Prince's childhood nickname? I don't know. Skipper. Skipper. That's and he's amazing. like, don't call me Prince. What? Call me Skipper, which makes me super happy. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, his parents get divorced, not surprisingly, based on the family history coming into it. Dad moves out. Mom gets a new stepfather. He gets a new stepbrother. And bad, 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 bad. Like he, he's running away from home. Can't get along with his stepdad. Tries to live with his dad. His dad works all day at Honeywell. And then all night is out playing jazz. Just paying no attention whatsoever. Lives with his aunt. His aunt is super religious. They're all Seventh-day Adventists on top of being in, in uh, Jazz Act. Uh, so he ends up in his best friend's mom's basement. Uh, so his best friends uh, is Andre Anderson, later Andre Simone, who recorded yeah. a bunch of stuff and played with Prince. Uh, his mom, Bern- Bernadette Anderson, had six other kids and just let Prince move in in ninth grade and basically live the re- live until he graduated high school from there. Uh, he credits her with uh, discipline in his life. He credits her with uh, hard work and credits her with making him graduate high school. It's, it's a fantastic story. Like, you just love to hear these stories where, like, a random neighbor's like, yes, you can be my seventh child, even though I'm a single mom in North Minneapolis. Did In uh, your research, did you see the picture of Prince on the JV basketball team? Oh, fantastic. Oh, and dude, his afro just... It's un believable yes oh yeah he played football and basketball and baseball and was a legit pretty i mean like he wasn't going to be a professional or anything he's tiny uh but he was a pretty good um basketball player he played all the way through 10th grade and then quit just to do nothing but band all the time so um it's a super hot band at this time so his band is grand central jeff who's the drummer in grand central i have no idea man you're killing me morris day Morris oh my god Day is that is right drummer in grand central that's uh, fantastic so basically similar to the purple rain storyline there's a, a group of other bands that are all competing so there's the family which i love that name flight time with the eyes replaced by wise that's terry lewis's oh, band and then it. mind and matter that's jimmy jam's band so all of these bands are out playing the same circuit um there's a Phyllis Wheatley uh, YMCA here in Knoxville, Tennessee, and also in Minneapolis. And that was a big place, was playing at the Phyllis Wheatley Center. So that was like they had the battle of the bands that night, and Prince would be out there playing the whole thing. He graduates from high school, and he's got a demo, and he gets convinces a white guy who runs an advertising agency to take him on and get him signed. So they wow. record an actual better version of the demo. He flies out to L.A., Meets with the, the the labels, three different labels offer him a recording contract, and he signs with Warner Brothers. It's the biggest signing bonus for an unknown single act ever at the time. Three wow. records, and they let him just move into the studio and record the entire record himself. It's just completely insane. Jeff, where's the first place Prince lives that's not Minneapolis? Ooh. 
I don't know that either. Just downhill from you in Sausalito. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's fantastic. Yeah, Prince's first record is recorded in at the... Um, whatever the, the place is in self-leaders. I think it's called the record plant, right? Isn't the name? The record it? plant. Yeah. It's yep. where rumors was recorded. Totally. Probably um, so like two years before he makes this record or maybe even like 12 months. Yeah. 79 is, uh, yeah. or I guess it's 78 is it's 78. the name of the record. Um, wow. And he plays all of the instruments. And uh, Jeff, I'll ask your opinion of Prince's first record. Work in progress. Not great. Not terrible, and you can see flashes of of special, but it's uh, it's actually a great example of why you should let people make three records before you couldn't agree make more. Up your mind about this, them. It actually, um, yeah, super interesting that he basically put out six records before you get to Purple Rain. Like, yeah, I mean, he had a chance to build and build and build and build. I think the first record's actually bad. Like, it's bad. The songs aren't good, and it's so that, That's the one that's called For You, right? That's yeah, his totally. worst record. It's his worst record by far. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, basically, you can tell. I mean, his first instrument is piano, and this is a total, total, total. And it's like he got in a studio, and he was like, good Lord, look at all these keyboards. And I was just like packed with horrible <laughs> keyboard noises. It's so bad. And you can there's barely any guitar on the entire record. Um, then we get uh, Prince, Prince, 1979. That's got a couple good songs on it. Yes. Then you get it has uh I want to be your lover, right? And yeah. I and feel for you, right? Oh, totally. Yeah. Um then we get to Dirty Mind, which I think is a terrific record. Oh. Hey Jeff, have you listened to The Party Up on Saturday Night Live in 1981? Oh, I'm sure I have. Yeah. All right, I'm going to ask you to yeah. go to well, I'm going to talk for a second. You go to YouTube and pull it up and we're going to play the last 40 seconds of this. So Party you got Up it. Is, I think is the last song on Dirty Mind. And it's a really, really, I mean, I just don't even really like the song very much. Um, it's literally just party up, party up, party up. That's the point of it. And if you're familiar with Prince's catalog, you know that he's got like 18 songs that are basically that song. This is on the lower end of um, of that list. He gets a huge break in 1981. This is February 21st, 1981. Charlene Tilton is the host of this episode. Can anyone remind me who Charlene Tilton is? Oh, I had to look it up. Uh, Charlene Tilton uh, from Dallas. Yes, come yes. on. Yes, Bobby's uh, sister on Dallas yeah. is Charlene yes, Tilton is the host. The beginning, the, I, I just rewatched <laughs> it. The first clip is her introducing. I was like, "Who in the f is that? Who <laughs> is that random woman?" And she's also not excited. She's like, "Prince, here you go. I'm Charlene Tilton. I'm a huge star. Yeah. Here's this random guy." Well, she's I, like five two. He's what five four? How yeah. tall is Prince? Um, this performance is so unbelievably burning it out electric. Wait till you hear the last 40 seconds of this. And he's freaking out doing the James Brown. It's them curling their instruments to the ground and storing off the stage, running Let's off because they don't want to fight your war no more. <laughs> the original song's two minutes and 40 seconds. This performance is 342. Like, they add an entire minute of this weird vamp out. Um, and, it, and it's so crazy. It's like, it's not the best song on the record. 
And it's not, I guess it's maybe it was a single in February. It's the third single from the record or something like that. But he gets his big break on Saturday Night Live and he does that song with his super weird outro on it. Just such an announcement of, um, of what he would do. Uh, so in the, I think it's the 1984, I chose the song Purple Rain, so I will not go through that. Okay. Instead, I'm going to ask Jeff to play the single from his last album. So Ooh. this is uh, what Hit and Run Part Two from 2015. Wow! And the single from that is Rock and Roll Love Affair, and I just love this. In late in so these the Hit and Run Part One and Part Two has got a bunch of weird like uh, techno stuff on it, all, which I also like. Um, but it's got this song Screwdriver and I love Screwdriver there and several different just guitar driven old fashioned soul songs. And this one just murders me every time. Here we go. Tales and princes He believed the voices Coming from his stereo He believed in rock and roll She left her past And those lily white fences And headed out to Hollywood In search of her soul But she had to pay the toll Yes she did to find each other He needed proof She needed a brother That's when stars collide When there's space for what you want And your heart is open wide Isn't that beautiful? That's when stars That's collide stuff, man. When your heart's open wide So, oh, that one absolutely just murders me Um and again, I mean, the dude died at 56. He's, he's freaking 11 years older than we are. And he's been dead for, for years. Like, it just, yeah. like, it's so unbelievably tragic. Um, and I just find it so hopeful and lovable that he was still banging out. Like, and in particular, to do this kind of like weird retro song where you could tell that he was just hanging around in his in his bedroom, yeah, just yeah. strumming away and playing a Chuck <laughs> Berry riff. And he was like, oh, I had some horns. We got something here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, and I'll, I'll say um, I'll last. Um, we've chosen artists who are kind of, sort of from a place, right? Like in New Orleans, I chose Mahalia Jackson. She's from New Orleans, but she lived her professional career in Chicago. Prince is legit from Minneapolis. Like he's yes. actually from Minneapolis. When I went on a visit for fun, we went out to Paisley Park and saw it. I can't recommend it highly enough. If you like music, let alone if you like Prince, it's fantastic. Um, but it's also so deeply, deeply strange he built this like warehouse in suburban Minneapolis where there's an entire club inside it and he would play the club. There's a famous story where um, Madonna comes to town and plays the Target Center. And then afterwards, she comes out to the club and then she and Prince serenade each other. <laughs> what? what? And then there's a huge recording studio and then there's a mansion. All of it in the same freaking yep. weird space in suburban Minneapolis for no reason whatsoever. 
I was telling Georgia we're doing Minneapolis and she was like, who are you choosing? I was like, you didn't know Prince is from Minneapolis. And she's like, ha ha ha, he's not from Minneapolis. He's born there, he lived in LA. I was like, oh, oh no, 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 like, no, no, no. First of all, a, re- a, 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 not, a less weird person would have done that. That's how <laughs> weird this dude was. He was like, you know where I'm just going to live out my days is in Minneapolis. So funny. Oh, and ever... I mean, he got really into the women's WNBA team. Like he yeah. sat front row at all of their games, signed, like wrote a song for them. Like he actually like lived in that town in a really, really, really super likable, but also relatively strange way. Yeah. Have you ever heard the, the Matt Damon story where Matt Damon's like in a green room with him uh, on the Tonight Show or something? And he's like, so uh, well, where are you living uh, these days? Are you, are you still in Minneapolis? And Prince turns to him and he's like, I live inside my heart, Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> god damn yeah i mean i i have no notes like it's interesting actually prince like there's a hiccup for me like dirty mind is a fantastic oh, totally controversy is fantastic the and then he, yeah controversy is a real dud and and his career is kind of in trouble like yeah. he he gets, you know, he gets a couple of good opening acts and he's getting booed and he's weird and he's oh, dude, tiny. He gets trash thrown him and booed off the stage when he opens for the Stones. Booed yep. off the stage three wow. songs in. Yep. Jeez. And then he makes 1999 and the whole thing explodes. 1999, Purple Rain, Around the World in the Day, Parade, uh, Sign of the Times and Love Sexy in five years. Yeah. And they hold back they hold back seven other records worth of music that he recorded during the Sign of the Times session. No, in which 1999 is like off the wall for Michael Jackson, where uh, yeah. people were like, well, he'll never top that. I mean, they're like, 1999 is like, that's his masterpiece. Whatever he puts out next, won't, there's no chance it'll be as good. <laughs> and he's, <laughs> like, and he's like, The funny thing is, though, when you listen to 1999 um, without knowing what comes later, you're like, that, that's not a bad take. Like 1999 is a legit masterpiece. It's oh. so good. And like, I like just an absolute quantum leap from what came before oh. it. Yeah, it's great. You know, it's great. Um, You know, it's heartbreaking that he's passed away, but it, it loosened the strings on the vault. And so some very careful people have made some beautiful reissues. Like 1999 is now available as this massive box set that has like two albums worth of outtakes. But what I love most of all is the version of the record with all the seven inch mixes. Cause you know, the songs are like eight, nine minutes on yeah. 1999, but now you can hear the whole record with all of the three and a half, four minute versions of the songs. That's and fantastic. it's like, dude, it's like, a, it's like the greatest jukebox you've ever heard. It's so fantastic. Yeah. And there was a, I mean, and like sign of the times, it's not my all time favorite record, but I, there are, there are, there aren't very many records that really like turn me inside out, like blew my mind. Like, I have a lot of work to do if I'm going to consider myself a musician or even like a critic of music. Like I think sign of the times it came out our senior year of high school and I listened to it the entire summer before I went to college. And I just found it. So I, I, it was just like, you know, like the end of song of myself when uh, uh, Whitman sees the Hawk and he says that it's a mocking (laughs) taunt. That's how I felt about sign of the times. (laughs) It was like, you're about to go away to college and you think a little bit about yourself yeah. <laughs> there there's the line you know i just try to match this yeah yeah oh, great just great and so joyful like if you forget how complicated and challenging and fantastic it is. it's also he's so funny is there a funnier song than housequake 
Like, oh, I yeah. mean, it's just well, dude, so... Well, that was the thing that I love about Release them. it from Graffiti Bridge. Oh, like, God, he's so... Amazing. Or Movie Star. Have you heard that one? Uh, wallet, check, keys, check. I mean, when he's, like, going out <laughs> for the night. I mean, it, those songs Fantastic. are amazingly funny. He was so funny. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Damn it. All right, Jeff, let's do it. So the other side. So in 1987, probably my three favorite artists are all from Minneapolis. One is Prince and the other two are the two bands I'm going to talk about. And Tim asked me to focus on the initial music I heard. Right. You wanted to hear about like where when what's my memory of. Um, right. So uh, I grew up, I'm here in the hometown I grew up in, and it's uh, it's so much bigger now. It's so much more cosmopolitan. It's it's so much more connected to the cities around it. When I was living here, it was a tiny little town. It was like, you know, 25, 30,000 people. It was a solid hour on a two-lane road to get into D.C. or Baltimore. Um, and, uh, you know, there were no bars. There were no places. Like, to see a band, you had to go into one of those cities and so I would hear about music before I could actually hear it. You know, I would like I was constantly reading about music and I was reading little punk fanzines. And I was trying to get my hands on stuff, but I would hear about a band and it would take like five or six months before the record got anywhere <laughs> near near me where I could buy the thing. And we didn't have a college radio station, um, but I was I was, you know, I was a little little kid and I was full of. I was just full of of uh, belief that there was something more to than the life that I was living. And so I was constantly looking for music that would give me permission to think about a different version of myself. And uh, so two bands from Minneapolis changed everything for me. It changed the way uh, I thought about myself as a musician, the way I thought about music, the way I thought about um, the way I might be able to use my my little voice in the world. Um, one was The Replacements, who I've talked about at length when we did 1985 and played Left of the Dial. The other is a Minneapolis trio called Husker Du. Um, I heard both these bands probably within three months of each other. And I'm I pretty sure it was the winter of 1984, like January, February 1984. I finally got my hands on these records um, and there was a vacation. I think we I think dad had a speech in charlottesville virginia or something and we went and i found a record store in a college town and i was carrying a list around in my wallet of like records i was going to buy like bands like if you find a record by this band you will buy it and uh i spent all my money in like five minutes on who's for doing replacements <laughs> and black flag and the and uh a couple of them agent orange i think it's all this punk music that i had been hearing about but hadn't had a chance to hear yet and so um both these both these bands uh just turned me inside out like they were they were they sounded like i felt they were uh loud and a gritty and abrasive and a little snotty but they were also deeply romantic and they were trying to make connection and they were self-reflective and they were insular um 
and they were ambitious, right? They were they were trying to take an uncomplicated music form and make it complicated. And they were trying to, they were, while they might put on the air of, oh, we're just drunken louts, the effort and craft that went right, into right. the performances and the songs spoke otherwise. And uh, yeah, I just, uh, I fell head over heels. It, it, cre- it opened up a whole genre of music for me. And, it rem- and it, it, to this day, there's tons of music that I like, but music that I love has to challenge me in the first, like bands that challenge me in the first like 45 seconds of hearing them. Like I just get so excited. I'm just like, oh my God, that was yeah. not what it, it took a left turn and it wasn't what I expected. Or it took energy and pushed it even further than I thought you could. So these are the, I'm going to play you the first minute of the first songs I heard by these bands. So the cool. first thing I got my hands on from the replacements was an EP. The first record is great. It's called Sorry Ma Forgot to Take Out the Trash. And it's 18 two minute songs. It was great, but I heard that. I didn't hear that first and I didn't hear Let It Be first, which was the the record they put out that um, announced that broke them nationally. Like, And even though it was on a little label, Twin Tone, shout out to Peter Jefferson and the Suicide Commandos and the Suburbs and all those other bands we were talking about who were also on Twin Tone. But um, I got this EP called Stink. It was called The Replacements Stink. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, and this is how it starts and it starts with a fake showdown with the minneapolis police that i so wanted to believe was real but so here's here's the first uh replacement song i ever heard hello this is the minneapolis police the party is over an adrenaline shot um and then they uh they signed to a major label they put out uh three i think fantastic records before they implode um the replacements really wanted to be uh everybody thought the replacements wanted to be uh like a great american rock band but uh like you know like tom petty or but what they really wanted to be was uh a great british rock band they wanted to be the faces or they wanted to be (laughs) They wanted to be a, a mess and they were right. Like I saw the replacements nine times in concert and they were amazing a few times and they were 
really drunk and bad a couple of times as well, which is kind of part of the was part of the thing with them. But um, but the songs are incredible. There, there's just one amazing song after another, and and I loved the imperfections. Like these are beautifully crafted songs, and they leave the mistakes in, and sometimes the mistakes are the best part of the tracks. The other side of that punk coin, like the replacements were like the band you could imagine becoming successful. You could like, there were songs that, sh- that worked on the radio. Who's do is not that band. Who's no. do was way too hardcore to ever uh, break through on the radio. Even after they signed to Warner brothers, even after they wrote makes no sense at all. And they wrote a couple of songs that are pretty poppy. Um, they were just, and this is a trio. Um, Bob mold is not from Minneapolis, but he went to McAllister college and met, Grant and Greg when he was a freshman and they form a band together. Um, and who's do is the, uh, I don't even know how to describe even why I still love them so much. Like they're held back by a lot. Like the technology of their recordings is really minimalist. Like the, the records sound bad. Like they were recorded very cheaply in shitty studios and they never got the chance to, to make a really great sounding record. And they were, they broke up before they had a chance to take advantage of the Warner brothers money and, and um, machine. Um, but they were so crazily ambitious. Um, the first record I heard for them was Zen arcade, which is a double album punk rock concept record about a lonely kid. Uh, and it just blew my mind. It was, uh, and it was hard to listen to like who's do the hardcore stuff is still too hardcore for me, but the, the stuff that's just on the edge of being too abrasive, but has all this Beatlesque like pop craft and harmony. Like once you once you hear the melody in a Who's Do song, that's what your ear for me. That's what my ear goes to, and all mm-hmm. the noise and abrasion becomes something I love, not something that I. And they have songs I can't do that with. There are songs that are, even on Zen Arcade and on some of the records that are some of my all time favorites. There's one or two tracks where I'm like, this is just too. It's too nothing to it. It's just it's just yeah. screaming. But when they pull it back a little bit and add um uh a little bit of a little bit of sweetness to it. Um so this is the first song on Zen Arcade. Uh and I just found this record overwhelming. It cost all my money. Like I found it I love and, this. Uh, when I bought it, it was uh it was twelve ninety nine in nineteen eighty four. It was it was every cent I had in my wallet and I bought it I brought it home and I put it on and I was just like, Good lord, like I don't know what to make of this, but I just, you know, it was the record I was going to listen to for the next four months. And Heck by the yeah, time I spent twelve ninety nine on it. That's what I'm dang saying. Right, dang and, right, uh, you're going to listen. Thank God I, I bought the right one. Um, I still love this band. It makes me sad that uh, all the master tapes are lost and in litigation or or destroyed, and they're not gonna. There's no. There's not going to be a chance to go back and kind of fix these mixes and 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 give them the twenty twenty three treatment that they could really use of mm. all the recorded music i love this is the the sound of this feels to me like oh if only they'd had a little bit more time and money um but i still love these songs so much so this is called something i learned today which is the first song on zen arcade's 23 song 81 minute trip through one lonely Oof. minneapolis kids uh long night so
I mean, that is music to make your parents worry about you. Ah, <laughs> I mean, ah, ah. you hear that coming from your child's bedroom in 1984. You're like, Jeffrey, I know what the hell are you? Going okay? on? That, doesn't, that doesn't sound like Janet Jackson. <laughs> That's part of the point, I think. But um, I love both those bands so much. And uh, I just have to throw a little on a personal note. Um, Tim, which is the first major label record that the replacements made a month from now is being released in a four CD super deluxe edition with a new mix and outtakes and a live concert. And it features a 7.1 Atmos mix. One of those like surround sound mixes. And the guy who did the mix, in addition to being uh, a Grammy award winning uh, engineer also happens to play bass in the Jeff Simons band. So hey now. That, way nice. to go, Michael Romanowski. And you recorded that the, surround sound too, right? Right. I, I just uh the new <laughs> single is almost done and is being recorded right in that same room. Yeah. So pretty cool. Uh it's cool. so great. Uh are you a big uh replacements fan, Ben? Uh so Husker do Jeff just completely introduced me to, and oh. uh, I can't pro- I can't claim to be as big a fan as Jeff, but I do really like them. Um, I'll note that both of the bands um, actually sound way less dangerous now than they used to. Yes, because they've been they so sure influential. Um, yeah, the guitar the guitar sound of both bands is really really like that. That the guitar or the 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 like tinny loud bass. Like there's a million bands that use that now, so it doesn't sound as punky as it did at the time. Um, and I've always loved who's gonna do like the the shouting singing combo. Yeah, it, uh-huh, it's, not, uh-huh. it's either and both, and that's fantastic. Um, of the two bands, I like the replacements better. I'm pretty sure Jeff introduced me to the replacements too. Um, that one took sooner. Who's gonna do? I came to like after college, but the replacements Jeff introduced me to in college. I immediately liked them. Um, I looked it up. August nineteen. 1989 the only time i was able to see the replacements mm. for tom petty at brandon brendan burn arena and they were so unforgivably awful awful embarrassing they got thrown <laughs> off the tour and rude like 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 just yeah go fuck oh dear yourselves. and um i'd already seen like this is 89 so i'd seen petty five times before that um, so I basically went to go see the replacements. Um, and believe me, if I could have seen them in a cool club in Minneapolis, I would have done that. But I was just a kid who liked him in 1989. Yeah. And it's hard to forgive that. Um, yeah. They, I could never have them in my top tier of bands, period, just based on them shitting in a cup and throwing it on my I, face. I saw them, I saw them do that on that tour, probably like two nights before that in uh, Meriwether Post Pavilion. They came out, did two songs like A House on Fire stage went dark for eight minutes and they obviously were just drinking and then uh played country covers until they fell off the stage and they got booed off stage and then they were thrown off the tour like three nights after you saw them just for being unprofessional so i thought Teddy was just like i'm not subjecting my fans to your psychosis i thought they broke up on that tour but that's not right like one one guy quit and then they broke up a year later but i mean dude they they should have broken up on the tour they obviously were disinterested in being whatever it was yeah i saw the replacements for the first time at the tower theater in 1987 on the police to meet me tour with the dead milkman opening oh nice Uh, and and then i saw them again at the tower in 88 and then i saw them in dc in 89 at the warner theater and then i saw them their third show from the end i saw them at the university of utah 
1991, driving across the country after we graduated when I was heading yeah. back to my job. Um, so I, I yeah, you stopped and those in shows, Utah to see the replacement. Some of those, I, yeah, I did. Some of those shows were blinders, just amazing. But I saw them at their worst at that petty show too. And you're right. That's just, and they'll be the first to, you know, I, the, one of my greatest music memories, they did a uh, reunion tour in 2013 or something. It was yeah. in the last 10 years, maybe it was more recently than that, but they played the Masonic in uh, SF and everybody who had a ticket was either a 16 year old kid who was just discovering the myth or a 53 year old dude <laughs> who was wearing his old replacement shirt. <laughs> and they was they were great. They had Josh Freeze on drums, and, and uh, they had uh, Dave Minahan helping out on guitar. Like they, I mean, it was just fantastic. Uh, and they played Bastards of Young, and and uh, all these strangers put their arms around each other and start crying. Like I'm in the pit with like a hundred guys and one guy there, but everybody just starts hugging each other and we're singing. Tears are just streaming down people's faces, and I mean, it was really. It, it was a pretty magical moment like that that band obviously was a lifeline for so many of us mm. in the audience that yeah. like it's gonna be okay it's like I'm, when the first time you see monty python and you're like okay i'm gonna be okay there's other people out there like me like replacements music was like that for me as well all right that's really really cool stuff as a matter of fact your monty python reference terry gilliam from minneapolis there you go that? Huh? Nice job, Jeff Simons. Better bring us full circle. Well, I've already decided that this is going to be a two-parter. We can't, we can't put out a ninety-five-minute podcast. Uh, India will kill us. So we got to put this out in two parts. But I feel I still have to hurry because holy no cow. hurrying. If we're gonna, oh, there's hurrying. Parts. Look at Ben Barton's back right now. It's a, it's a. It's a shadow of itself. Um, he knew what he was in for. <laughs> hey, I'm going to do the hold steady. And I want to yeah, start are. with just a little quick song. Uh, just you only have to give like 20, 20 seconds, 25 seconds of lifter puller. Jeff Simons. What is it? The Lake Street is for lovers. I'm on it. like speaker cords you crawled out of the pager store smoking weed and making money your eyes they look like open source you made love to the jersey shore All right. oh my god that was amazing <laughs> isn't that amazing so oh, I don't it's know. so funny i don't know lifter puller uh that well rick was talking about him uh, in his email to me uh but what i do love is Craig Finn's poetry. I love Craig Finn's writing. I love the uh, the worlds he creates. I love the uh, the the different figurative language he uses. I'm I'm all in on Craig Finn, but I also love the fact that Lifter Puller didn't make it because if Lifter Puller had made it, we wouldn't have the Hold Steady, which seemed um, seems like a band that did away with some of the cleverness that was bogging down uh lifter puller and i remember uh jeff when we were in grad school and we were talking about getting a band together and jay's like yeah and our band will have a dj and we're 
And you were like, why are we going to have a DJ? It's like, well, every band now has a DJ. You just have one guy. <laughs> and exactly what Lifter Puller seemed to have there in the background. And so that band No ends. band needs a DJ, but every band needs a hype man like that. Jeff, you should <laughs> add a guy. Just hire me to be like, yes, yes, y'all. Just <laughs> hanging out in the back doing that. Believe it would make a mean? lot of sense in your music, I promise. <laughs> I'm gonna. We're gonna make that work for sure. So the whole fantastic. The whole steady is formed uh, by Craig Finn and the bassist from Lifter Puller, whose name I don't remember. But they, I guess, they were watching um, a documentary on the band, and they were, they were watching. I think it was the Last Waltz. They were watching, and they're like, you know, why aren't there, why aren't there bands like the band anymore? Uh, and they went ahead and started uh, started putting together the whole steady. Which I think was started as a bar band for um, it's a stand up comedy troupe, the Citizen- Upright Citizens. Thank Brigade. you, the Upright yeah. Citizens Brigade. Uh, they started playing at a bar in New York City, and then in two thousand four, we get their first album. Um, and you're gonna play. Most people are DJs. Once had a, a writing professor talk about, you know, when you write, go for specificity, but don't worry about people not necessarily getting your references. Yes. Um, That's and a great call, Tim. It's such a great call. It's like he goes, because, you know, eventually people will catch up or people will figure it out or the context will give it, you know, or or people gloss it over. He's like, but for the seven percent of the people who get it, it just is gonna land so well. And I find myself Googling when Craig Finn like drops a name like that. I'm like, all right, who the hell's that? I got to go Google it. And then it's super fun to kind of follow Craig Finn's line of thinking. I don't know. If you, have we, we have seen the Barbie movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when they're doing the toxic masculinity and the guy's explaining why slanted and enchanted is such an important record. Yeah. Like, oh my God. I can't oh even God. believe that's in the final cut of the movie. And it, I, I almost threw up. I was oh, laughing God, so dude, hard. Completely. I thought of you the second the words I... that Enchanted came out. And I and sadly, <laughs> I, to report, I thought of myself when they did the Godfather part. Oh, right? yeah. Too. I had too. to ask Georgia because Georgia and I watch it together. And I was yeah. like, how bad was I? And she was like, mm. oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah. it was just so great. Because Slain and Enchanted, like 90% of the people watching that movie are like, what the hell was that? But I mean, yeah. I was like, it's the 
perfect record <laughs> for the point they're trying to make there. I just died laughing. I loved it so much. That was such a great moment. Well, and dude, the other thing that's great about the specificity is sometimes you just fill in your own imagination for what it is. Yeah. Like there's all these characters yeah. that run through these songs and you're like, what yep. are they doing? And where are they? And what are these bars? And you're just picturing it all in your mind. Like it, it creates this entire world for you. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's really, really terrific. Uh, and, and and they are a kick-ass uh, I was live say, rock and roll and band. Musically, they talk they about bringing bring the goods it. in concert. Jesus, yeah. that band. I've seen them four times, and all four shows, I was like, boy, these guys are great. I am having yeah, such a good thing. time. Yeah. I love them. I got to... I mean, hell, I, I, I ripped him off as hard as I could for my first single this year. Like, I was that like, was a, that was not a rip-off. I'm just that, writing a whole study. That was whole an homage. That was homage. An homage. Yeah. homage. Thank you. And you Somebody get Craig it, so. Finn. I've been pay, I've been liking everything Craig Finn does on social media, hoping yeah, yeah. that my song. Well, like I I've sent it to him twice, and I'm like, yes, yes, like, like, like. Somebody get that guy a copy of my song, right. please. Maybe maybe Rick knows someone in Minneapolis. Who there knows you someone, go. Who knows so. someone. I met Craig Finn at Bonnaroo Ben when um when we saw them. You know, um, he was poking around backstage, um, talking about uh. I can't remember some book that he had just read that I had read. And, and I was like, I really like that too. And he was like, what, what did you, and we talked for like five minutes about, I can't remember now, but um, he was such a, like, just bright, quick, like he was just there to have conversations. Conversations. With yeah. Him. Nice. Well, I think I've recommended this before. Unpleasant breakfast to hold steady records ago is the top five hold steady song. It's so unbelievably great. Um, it's George's favorite Hold Steady song, and it what? just murders me every single time. It's so good. Unpleasant Breakfast, Summer of Drugs, Prince Movie Star, anything else? Oh, and uh, a slasher flick in the Mall of America. There are some notes coming from this here podcast. Double. I will double down on Unpleasant Breakfast. Ben's totally right. The song's great. Oh, they're going to double down on the Mall of America slasher. It's, it's totally become uh, like the whole study are going to get worse and worse and worse reviews. Like everyone's tired of them being good. Um, it's one of my great annoyances with a great band that just keep putting out good to really great music over and over and over again that people get tired of it because it's just good every time. And so the whole study are are getting shit on. And I don't think they deserve it. I, I didn't think Craig Finn's solo records were all that in a bag of chips all the way through. But has the Hold Steady made a bad album yet? I do not think they've made a bad album yet. They've made some good records, not great ones. But I mean, I, I'm going to listen to the next Hold Steady yeah. record for sure. Oh, and uh, from the. Yeah, I agree with that. Woo! Basically, I like the new record, too. There's a record yeah. since the. Since the one with the pleasant breakfast on it too, and that's and that was good too. Open door policy, I think it's called. It's no, good no, too. That's, that's the one that has its, it's uh, like has the a price okay. of progress that has. It. Oh yeah, that's not bad either. Yeah. Like go back I, and give that like a I've chance. Got five songs I liked enough right. to put in the new music mix, so I liked it. That's a lot. All right. Um. Oh, quick, quick last detail for the three of us: Are we doing the television thing where we talk about independent music? In the if next you want to try it, we month. absolutely can. I'm doing a pilot with Matt Jaffe, um, of uh, uh, which is just um, uh, a top three list, uh -huh. like top three uh, debut records or top three guitar solos, and Fun. we're supposed to like weave in the ones that 
inform our own music. And we're doing a test drive with Andy the week after this one. So I'll be able to tell you what it's like to do it and whether awesome. it's a huge amount of work or not. Awesome. Um, but he, but yes, if we were if we wanted to do that, we are welcome to continue to think about doing it. Well, one of the one of the the feedback we keep getting is that people want us to become a triple threat. And so we will we will do that. I cannot wait for the dancing. All right, gentlemen, you are hey, awesome. On, I've got a geographic note. Are you ready? Uh oh. What do you got? I'm going to suggest that we stay on the Great Lakes. I believe we have not visited Detroit Rock City. As oh, let's back to do Detroit. it. And oh, then awesome. I'm going to suggest a generalized Midwest wrap up where we get the it's a wild nice. card. You get the two summer to Indianapolis or Iowa, wherever you want. I have you somebody to... in particular in mind. Uh, those are oh, I, that's great. You get to define the Midwest. I like this. Yeah, sure. So that's I, I, I'm suggesting those as our next two destinations. Woo! Let's Gibson Mario Speedwagon. Where are they from? <laughs> uh, somewhere in the Midwest. So they, they got to be from the South. No, no I, I don't. Think I think Midwest. they're from Oklahoma. I think they might be from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we will see. We will see. If only there were machines to answer these questions. <laughs> <laughs> it's more fun to think. Let me. I'm looking it up. All right, so that uh, are was... you really gonna cut? Are you really gonna cut this in half? I think yeah, we cut it in two because you know why? Because people want more from us. So what we do is less work, more, more content, content. Right? Yeah. Love it. Oh, they didn't hear that, did they? They're from all right. uh, the. They're all. They all met at the University of Illinois. They're from Champaign Urbana. Aria's oh, let's That's go. Pretty fantastic. Let's go. For, in 1967, they formed. Oh. Working in the salt mines. God, <laughs> fucking amazing. Gentlemen, it has been great getting back together. Cannot wait to see you in Detroit. That's a great idea. We Can't got wait. a lot, a lot of Bob Seeger coming your way. Who's, oh, that's not, dude, listen. That's really not funny. I'd rather listen to Steely Dan. This is Steely Dan than Bob Seeger. And I, that's how you bring it all the way back <laughs> to, three, to three hours ago. Jimmy, if you choose uh, Bob Seeger, I'm going to have your back for sure. I'm going to love that. I'm there for that. That's going to make me laugh so hard. Roll me you away. You really should do it. Roll what me would you away. Choose? What's your song? What's that? What's your song? Roll me away. I, I met a girl. I had a few drinks. I told her what I decided to do. To What's yours, Ben? Boy. What's your go-to Bob Seger? Oh, so I would definitely. What's the 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 really dumb live one? Whether it is it a woman or a man? Where they yeah 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 to bed yeah. And, the yeah, 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 yeah. and then the sax comes in. I'm like, God damn, it's hard to be Bob Seger. Thank that you, song. Bob. Thank you for your service, good sir. That song has no ending. It's hilarious. He's like, I'm just going to go to bed now. Is that still the same? No, which one is that? Is that uh? It's uh. Um, you're a million miles away. away. Yeah. So Echoes I like. I really amplify. like. I'm gonna get killed for this, but I really like night moves. <laughs> I, I love night moves. I am night all moves about is, night moves. Night moves. Wait, is, is that? Great. That's not the Hollywood Nights one. That's a different one. No, yeah. working on a night, night move. No, that went so. Working great. on closing in, so Yeah. Working on a night move. It's like if if Jackson Brown and Van Morrison made sweet love to each other. <laughs> <laughs> awesome and added any money in for good good (laughs) exactly in the summertime (laughs) good stuff hollywood Hollywood nights is awful that song is oh i love that one i there's like there's like six you guys killing me bob seger's all right i'm definitely picking him now
right. Talk That's to you later. You go against the wind, Timmy. That's, That's you. it. That's me. Just with stallions. By the way, Barbie, the fact that there are horses. That the oh horses joke killed me too. Hey, didn't your boy I, I Noah Bombach's your your uh your old buddy? He's he My did a great friend, job, yeah, man. Is he really? Yeah. Oh wow, yeah, that's so fun. I was that's so psyched to see his name on the credits at the beginning. I was like, this is gonna be yeah, they're married as good as ever. Yeah. Oh, they are? Oh, are they? Yeah. Gerwig and Noah Bombach. I didn't realize Gerwig. that. Oh, oh see, I should have done a, I should have done a tiny bit of Googling. <laughs> that's so great. I thought I mean I'm I I thought it was great. Oh, I still have yet really to see uh, Oppenheimer. George I and I did the, the Barbenheimer. We I did. can't I know. believe you did I that. Know. I was exhausted after Barbie. I don't know how you. you how did you know, sit there? Your back must have been fucking killing you after uh, the, that. The, the the best thing was Oppenheimer finishes. We've been watching movies for six and a, six hours, maybe six and a half hours. Uh-huh. And George was like, my ass hurts. Why does my <laughs> ass hurt so much? <laughs> uh, all right, my brother's. Later. Good to see you, friends. Good night. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B, and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.